Welcome to Bold Faith with Courage Molina, a place where you get empowered and equipped to be who God has called you to be, do what God has called you to do, and go after everything he said you can have without hesitation or apology. Let's go. All right, so welcome. I am Pastor Courage Molina. This is Bold Faith Community Church. I am so excited that you are here with us. Bold Faith Community Church exists to help women develop a personal relationship with Christ, walk boldly in their faith, and apply the Word of God to every area of their lives. We will fulfill our mission by equipping and training women to be ministers in the Word of God. The vision is to build a community of women who are bold in their faith, confident in their calling, and courageous in their pursuits. All right, let's get into this week's sermon. What's good? What's good? Um, so glad that y'all are here on this beautiful Saturday morning. It's a little chilly, but it's beautiful. Right out the gate, <clears throat> get my water in. Keep letting me know where you are tuning in from. We are getting ready for our first meet up this year. I ain't going to tell y'all what to say yet because we don't have the dates, but we are preparing for our first meetup. And you know how we decide on our meetup locations based on where our people are. So where are you at? Let me know where you are in the chat. Let me know if you want us to come. Do you want us to come to your city? Do you want us to come to your city? You want us to come to your state? Then you need to drop in the chat where you're coming in from because that's how we decide where the meetup happens. And we are already getting ready for our first meetup here in the Southeast. That's what I'm going to tell you. First meetup is going to be in the Southeast region. And it's actually not Charlotte. It's not Charlotte, believe it or not. Please, I don't think it's Charlotte. <laughs> I'm not going to tell y'all. I'm just not going to tell y'all. Y'all just keep dropping it and I'll let y'all know um, when we get the dates and locations. And the meetups are completely free for you to attend. It don't cost you anything. It's a meetup. We just want to meet up. You know, we're going to come to your city so we can do that. So be sure to let us know where you are tuning in from. I feel like um, <laughs> every time I say this, it turns out to not be true, but I'm, I'm going to say it this time. <laughs> I really will not be before you all, for real, for real this time, um, because the reason is I want we're going to do a work session after church today. A lot of times after church, we have a life group. Not a lot of times. Every time after church, we have a life group and we do like a sermon discussion and we talk about, you know, um, what what we got away from it, what we took away from it, how we plan to apply it to our lives and talk about how we feel, what we've been dealing with for the week and how this has really spoken to us. That's kind of what we talk about. But sometimes, sometimes we have a work session and today we're going to work, 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 work. We're going to work, 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 work. So it's going to be short because I want to spend a lot of time. I want to have a, I want to have a good amount of time to work and I want to respect your time. Um, we typically finish with the life group at 10 a.m. And so that's all the time that we have. And, and I want you to be able to attend this work session. I know I'm just bringing this on you. That's why you should plan on being in discussion anyway. Honest to God, that's why you should plan on being in the discussion. So I'm, I'm not going to be before you um, long today. It's going to be a short session. I'm going to share with you uh, the greatest takeaway that I got from studying the word. And um, we're going to be coming from Acts chapter 10. 
So go ahead and get your Bible out, get ready, um, get to Acts chapter 10. I'm going to tell you already what we're going to be reading because I want you to get there. I'm going to be reading Acts chapter 10 verses 1 through 8. Um, listen, I went through this period probably probably the end of last year. I went through this period of time where I was just um, so bored, okay, just bored I actually use the word bored. I feel like that word, oh, I'm bored. I feel like that's for children. I feel like adults, we are not bored. You're bored for what? Uh, as an adult, unless you are um, confined to some type of space due to your health or your criminal status or something. Do you know what I'm saying? I feel like, how are you bored? You can do stuff. You can decide to watch TV. You can watch whatever you want. You can go to the movies. You can get out of the house. So I just think that being bored, I think that's like a kid thing just in general, but obviously I'm wrong because I was so bored. I was bored out of my mind. It's just like, I didn't have anything to do. I felt like bleh, bleh, is that a word? like B-L-E-H, bleh, every single day. I was in a rut. I kept using the word, um, y'all know I'm in therapy. So, you know, there are all these emotions. Did you know that? There's more than just being mad because I used to be mad about everything. But I look at my little wheel to see like what I feel, what am I feeling right now? And do you know what I felt during that season? I felt discontented. Discontented. Somebody said discontented. I just, just, I wasn't unhappy. I wasn't sad necessarily but i wasn't happy either do you see what i'm saying i wasn't unhappy but also wasn't happy i was discontented i was disturbed i was i don't know it just it wasn't good and i feel like it went on for a long time i was complaining to my husband about it my poor husband y'all pray for him complaining to my husband about it like every day i'm like yeah i'm working here's the thing saturdays were the highlight that was it. Saturday morning, I had an opportunity to come and bring the word of God. And then we could get in conversation. But a few of those weeks, because you guys know we are live every weekend, except for the last two weekends of the year. And it's been that way since we started. The last two weekends of the year, those are the weekends that we take off to be with friends, to be with family. You can replay a repeat or something like that. But we're not on here live. We don't have the group on those two Sundays, those two Saturdays. But I didn't have any coaching going on. I just didn't have a lot going on. Right? I, I wasn't super busy. People are like, oh, I didn't call you because I know you're busy. Meanwhile, back on the ranch, I'm bored out of my dang mind. Um, I was just basically doing the same thing. But <laughs> this is why, this is how I got into this. It's because, like, I'm an adult. And I have all these routines. I have a morning routine that I do every morning. I have a routine for my day how my day goes. I have an even routine, evening routine. I even have a routine for the weekend. Saturday, I preach and then I take a nap and then maybe I'm going to go out. Like I got a little routine and Sunday is the day I don't do anything, but that is still like the routine. I got this set up system, you know, I was bored, you know, my routines. So listen, obviously I'm a fan of routines, right? Because what happens is like 
your routines get you in a place where they become habits. And so then you start doing it. That's why these young people, they don't want routines, right? This new generation, they don't want routines. Routines create stability, by the way. They don't just create great habits. They create stability. They create all these things, but they don't want this. These young people, they don't want that. You know why? Because, you know, routines kill their creativity. And, you know, people are telling you variety is the spice of life. And so you want your life to be spicier. YOLO, you only live once, all those things. And so I could see I'm, I've been a huge proponent for routines for a long time. As a coach, um, as a faith coach, I coach entrepreneurs and I would help them to develop routines <laughs> so that they could build habits, so that they could be bored eventually too, I guess. But um, the, the truth is though, routines help us to become more consistent. Is there anybody who's got an area of their life where they want to be consistent? Um, routines help us to accomplish the goals that we want to accomplish for the year, whether those goals are spiritual or financial or mental, emotional, relational, like whatever they are. Routines help us to accomplish those goals. Routines also help us to establish new habits. Maybe there's a new habit. You want to start reading more. You want to start running. You want to start walking. You want to start dancing, like whatever it is, whatever new habit you want this thing to be a habit for you. You know how you develop habit. Do you know how you build habits? I know y'all read like all about habit stacking and that's great, but some of y'all don't even have no habits to stack on top of. So how then do I, not healthy habits anyway, how then do I develop these new habits that I want to put in place so that I can have this improved life? Well, we do that through routines. Routines help us to build habits. Habits create a lifestyle. It makes us, you know, when you get habits, when you start like building routines and you have habits, it makes you regular. It makes it makes like, oh, I do this regularly. I'm regular. The amount of water that I drink, the food that I eat, my system is regular based on what your habit, your lifestyle, your routines. You know, I'm just I'm a regular here at this restaurant. What does it mean? It means I have a habit of coming here. I have a routine of coming here. I come here often for breakfast. I'm a regular. They know my order. Why? Because I've been coming all the time. I got this routine. I come here routinely and it doesn't sound exciting. Right. I watch this. Um, I watch a lot of stuff about marriage because I love marriage. And one of the things they said, like, once you get to a certain age, once you hit 40 plus um, not necessarily 40 plus years in your marriage, but once you hit 40 plus years, then you need to schedule sex regularly. You need to <laughs> you need to schedule sex. It needs to be on your calendar. It's going to be on Tuesday at seven o'clock. Will you be available? Will you be prepared? Right. And that just listen, have, <laughs> listen, having sex on, as, on a routine, like on a certain day of the week, that doesn't seem sexy, you know, like. It seems routine. It seems regular. We want spontaneity. But if you have a routine and you got your marital ministry on your calendar, then you know what your sex life becomes consistent, becomes regular. You don't have any SOS, no skips, no beats, right? When when your spouse, when you and your spouse have been together for a long time, or if both of you are over the age of 40, they say you need to, you know, get schedule it in.
routine. So routine does lead to regular and regular seems like it leads to boring. But what we're going to see in this text is that it can also lead to encounters of supernatural proportion that will essentially set you up for your next level. I'm going to say it again. Routines, doing something regularly can lead to what feels like boredom, a mundane life. Like I get that. But in addition to all the other benefits of having a routine, it can also lead to encounters with God of supernatural proportions. And those encounters set you up for your next level. Drop in the chat, hashtag next level, if you are looking forward to a supernatural encounter with God. If you would like a super, you like, you know what? I could actually use a supernatural encounter with the Lord. Drop in the chat, hashtag next level, right? Because that supernatural encounter with the Lord is going to set you up for your next level. Hashtag next level. I should have told y'all hashtag level up. Level up, level up, level up. That encounter is going to help you to level up. It's preparing you for that. God's not coming to meet with you. He's not having this. He's not doing this supernatural encounter with you so that you can stay the same, so that you can remain in a rut, so that you can stay on the same level. No, it's a it's an encounter of supernatural proportion for a reason. He is setting you up to level you up. And if you want that, I want you to hashtag level up. Now, let me tell you. That means that you have to just be regular. That's the title for today. Just be regular. Um, I I kind of say being regular. Like I, I'm a trash talker. If y'all been here for a minute, y'all know this. Okay. And I trash talk with love, respectfully. Respectfully. That's how I talk. I trash talk with love. I do so respectfully. Here's the thing. Don't nobody want to be basic. Don't nobody want to be regular. We all want to be exciting. We have these exciting lives. But here's the thing. If you want to level up the key to leveling up, the key to changing your life, the increase in the opportunity that you might have a supernatural encounter, the key to that is, is it seems to be in the scripture. We're going to see what the scripture says. It's for us to just be regular. Just regular. I know I don't nobody want to be regular. That's why I have y'all put that in the chat. I know everybody wants to level up so you can keep putting hashtag level up. If you want to level up, then I need you to get ready in your heart to just be regular. Come with me now to the text. Acts chapter 10. You should be there by now. Please say amen if you are there. Acts chapter 10, verse 1 through 8. So we've been in Acts for 10 weeks now, um, 11 weeks probably because we probably did like an intro. We've been in Acts for... Um, you know, several weeks now, all year long, actually. And what we see in the book of Acts is really the Holy Spirit moving. We see the spreading of the church. This is the history of the spreading of the gospel. We see disciples graduating, leveling up to be apostles because they have a supernatural encounter with the Holy Spirit. They receive the gift of the Holy Spirit that um, empowers them, emboldens them to speak the truth about God. We see our first martyr. We see that Saul is on the sea, acting a fool, chasing after, persecuting believers, both men and women. Um, we see a lot of stuff happening and we also see Saul getting knocked off his high horse when he has a supernatural encounter with the Lord. And that supernatural encounter with the Lord does what? It sets him up for him to level up in his life. 
So we're going to look and see what's happening in chapter 10. Chapter 10, verse 1. I'm reading from the ESV, English Standard Version. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort, a devout man who feared God with all his household, gave alms generously to the people, and prayed continually to God. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come in and say to him, Cornelius. And he stared at him in terror and said, what is it, Lord? And he said to him, your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and bring one Simon who was called Peter. He is lodging with one Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had departed, he called two of his servants and a devout soldier from among those who attended him. And having related everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. We're going to stop there. Amen. Right? So what do we see here? We see that we see the centurion, Cornelius, he has this encounter with God. And we just said we want to have a supernatural encounter with God so that we can level up in our life too, right? We want to level up. But let's look at what's so special about Cornelius. I don't know that there's anything so special about him. You ever wonder that about yourself? You hear something for God. This is not where I need to go. I need to stay on track because we're going to get in the work session. But come with me for a second. You ever ever hear a word from God, um, some type of confirmation about what you should be doing or what God is calling you to do, the thing that he wants to do in it through your life. And you start to wonder, who am I? What's so special about me? Anybody struggling to step into their calling? Anybody struggling to pursue their purpose with everything they have in them because they're trying to figure out what is so special about me that I would be able to go out? What is so special about me that God would use me? What is so special about me that God would bless the work of my hands? What is so special about me that God would put this dream, this desire down on the inside of me? Anybody ever feel like that? So let's see what's so special about Cornelius. Well, he's a centurion. That's actually not that special. Um, he's a manager, essentially. He has about 100 people under him. Maybe less than 100. Centurion means 100, right? So it typically means that they are a person with 100 people. They are in an army, right? So he's like, a, I don't know. He's like a supervisor, kind of. <laughs> and he have 100 people reporting to him. But he's not really the one that's super in charge. He's just doing what he's telling his people to do, whatever the person above him is telling him to do. You see what I'm saying? So he, it's not like he the owner. He not the CEO. He not the boss. He's just the manager. He's more than the shift manager. He's more than the supervisor. He the store manager, but he got like a hundred little employees under him. You know what I'm saying? As a centurion, it also means that he doesn't have a family. He does have a family. It's kind of a secret. People are looking the other way because they are to vote 20 years of their life and not get married and, and not have those things. So he doesn't have a wife. He doesn't have any kids. Um, he's got a household. He's probably got servants and things like that. Maybe some of the servants have some kids and and those things. So he's probably got like a full house, right? He's paid well. He's devout. We see that. I'm not really sure what that means. Um, what that looks like. I guess it means that he's decided to follow God, right? We can talk about this. I said I was going to look up the word um, devout for us because y'all know I like words. And I just think like sometimes you know something, but maybe you don't. Having or showing deep, oh, it is a religious word. 
having or showing deep religious feeling or commitment. So he has deep feelings or commitment to God. He's got deep feelings or commitment to God. Okay. He's got a commitment. Um, he feared God, not that he was afraid of God in that sense, but he had reverence for God. He honored God. Um, he was generous. You know, he gave to charity. Um, alms is a contribution, is a charitable contribution, basically, and not necessarily to the to the church, not necessarily to like the temple, but he gave it for the care of people who were less fortunate, right? And he prayed. Um, he had like a little prayer schedule. This, for all intents and purposes, makes him just like a regular believer. He just regular. And I don't mean that in a mean way. I just mean that in a way that says I made observations. He's just regular. He sees a centurion. He was, he was in the Italian group, a devout man who feared God with all his household. He gave generously to the people and prayed continually to God. So that about the ninth hour, um... The ninth hour, that's a prayer time. That's like a prescribed prayer time. That is the time where people go to the temple if they have one. Jews. He's not a Jew either. So he's not even that great of a regular believer in biblical standards, right? In the standards of that time and that society. He's not that great. He's not Jewish. He's not Jewish by birth. He's not even a Jewish convert. He's a Gentile. That's just not that good. That's, I mean, not only is he not impressive in, in his area, right? Not only is he not impressive in his own culture. It's not that impressive. I'm just being honest with you. He's just a regular guy. He is certainly less regular in this area of, you know, these Jewish believers. Like he's, he's definitely, he's less, less than societally speaking. I'm not trying to discriminate. I just want you to understand the discrimination that he faced. He wasn't that great. But what happens, even though he's just a regular guy who's not that great, even though he's just a regular guy who's not that great, he still had a vision which allowed him to clearly see an angel. He heard an angel. He was encouraged by an angel. Let me slow it down. I know I said I'm going to be, I'm not going to be before you. Just let me, let me, I want to make sure that you understand what I'm saying. This guy is just a regular guy. He's got a job. He's not Jewish, which is a little bit problematic. Um, he's not even converted to. That means he's uncircumcised. He's Gentile. He's just regular. And he's not doing anything so super exciting. He's giving to the poor. How Like you, people give to charity. I, you see people like you just give. That's really not doesn't necessarily make you a philanthropist just because you give, you know, to the poor. But it does mean, listen, if you are known to be generous, it does mean that you are known for your generosity, which implies that you have the habit of giving regularly. You're not just giving one time. You're not giving to a special offering. You're not giving to a special thing. You are giving on a regular basis to a cause or purpose. You are routinely, you are in the habit of giving. When people see that you are in the habit of giving, that is when you can be known as being generous. When people see that you are in the habit of praying, it is when people will say things like you pray continually. When people see that your habits and your routines support a lifestyle that reflects that you are fully committed to God, then people will say you are devout. You're a devout Jew, devout Christian. 
practicing. People say things like practicing. What does that mean? A practicing Christian, practicing Muslim, practicing Jew. What that implies is that you are doing, you have the habit of doing the things that Christians are supposed to do. You're in the habit of doing those things. That's what it means, right? So he's regular in general, and he's just got some regular routine habits. He prays at the hour of prayer. That's not that, you know, it's just the routine. He's praying that time of prayer. He's giving to people, you know what I'm saying? It's just, he's just a regular guy. But as a result of being a regular guy, he's in a position to see a vision that includes an angel and hear the angel. He doesn't just get to see one. He gets to hear one. And that angel encourages him. The angel tells him, you know, God sees you basically. God, hey, my man, God sees you. He knows what you are doing and he accepts what you've done as a memorial. Then he is given instructions for what he needs to do and who he needs to send for. Let me ask you right now, is there anybody who's in a situation that needs some instruction from the Lord? You're trying to figure out what to do about this business. You're trying to figure out what to do about that podcast. You're trying to figure out what how to go about getting this book out. You're trying to figure out what to do about this marriage. You're trying to figure out what to do about these kids, about your health, about relationships. You're trying to figure out what to do about the ministry that God's called you to. You're trying to figure out what to do. Where should I Where should I plant myself in the church? Maybe you're not watching this live. Maybe you're watching it on a replay. Maybe you're watching on Saturday, but you're still not a part of the church and God has been moving in your heart. And you're like, dang, I really need to make a decision about where I'm going to go. Is there anybody who needs some instruction? Is there anybody who would like some insight, some instruction on what God wants them to be doing right now? Is there anybody who would like to get a vision from an angel, whether it's in your dreams or whether it's why you maybe why you daydreaming? Maybe you'll fall into the uh, fall into a trance. We know later on in this chapter that Peter falls into a trance. Like, what exactly is it that you need instruction for? Is there anybody who needs a divine intervention so that they can get some instruction? Is there anybody who would like in their regular everyday life to hear from God, to get a vision from an angel and to hear that the work that you've been doing, would you like to get a hand clap for, for an angel to deliver a message to you and say, hey, I see you. Girl, I see what you've been doing. I see how you've been raising those kids. I see how you've been standing flat-footed, ten toes down in that marriage, even though that man ain't like he ain't got no sense. I see what you've been doing, and the Lord wants you to know that he accepts what you've been doing just as your regular, routine life as, as a memorial. He sees how you've been sitting those kids down at dinner and praying over them and speaking over them and requiring them to memorize some scripture. He sees the things that you've been doing to walk out your Christian faith in front of people and he wants you to know, hey, that regular life you live in, the Lord sees that thing. He accepts what you've done. And it, he sees it as a memorial unto him, your lifestyle, your regular schmegler life. Anybody want an encounter? Would anybody like an encounter just from your, would anybody like some instruction? I want an encounter. I want some instruction. I want encouragement. I want to know that the Lord sees me every time I keep my mouth shut when somebody says something I don't say anything back. I want to know that the Lord sees me out here forgiving people left and right for the things that they've done. I want I want to know that the Lord sees me, that he sees the work that I, he hadn't forgotten. I went, okay, she ain't doing nothing that spectacular. She's just getting up doing the same thing every day. But I see you. Anybody want some encouragement from the Lord? Anybody want some instruction from the Lord? Me too. Anybody want to be set up for the next level? Let me tell you, how does Cornelius respond? He sees a vision. He just doing his regular thing. Let me help you. Let me break this down. Verse three, about the ninth hour of the day, 
he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come in and say to him, Cornelius. Do you know what he was doing at this time? He was praying. I know it doesn't say it right here. But he's praying. How do I know he's praying? Because the ninth hour, it's like three o'clock. It's the time of prayer. And if a person, right, prays regularly and there is some established prayer time, what are they doing at prayer time? They pray. Why? Because they got a routine. He wasn't doing anything special. It wasn't no special cry out session. It was his regular schmegula prayer time. So he was just doing what he always did. It was just following a routine that he set up so that, you know, it reflects his, his commitment as a commitment to the Lord. I'm going to be praying at the time that they say we're supposed to pray. So I'm going to be praying. So he was doing his regular thing. It's the ninth hour of the day. It's prayer time for Jews. He's not Jewish, but it's prayer time for Jews. And he's a man who prays regularly. So we think he's doing that prayer time. My dude praying. So he's praying. He gets this vision. The angel says, good job. And then gives him instruction. How do you think Cornelius responds? Well, he obeys. Now, listen, I say this all the time. It is difficult to obey a word from God when you don't trust him. But he is devout. He's not just devout in his heart. He's devout in his habits. Some of y'all just devout in your heart. You got a heart for the Lord. You got feelings towards him. You like him. You know who he is. But you're not devout in your habits. My dude is devout in his habits. And because he's devout in his habits... That allowed him to build a trust with God. It's difficult to obey a God you can't hear. And it's difficult to obey a God you don't fully trust because you don't know him like that. It's in the regular time that we spend with a person that we really get to know them. Relationships are based on, relationships are built on regular time. Do you have any friendships? You might have friendships that where you don't talk to people, you haven't talked to them in a long time, but that friendship was not built that way. The friendship was built on regular time. The trust was built on regular time. And y'all probably had regular time as a result of a routine. You went to school every day. That's your homegirl from school. You went to work every day. That's your homegirl from work. You went to church every Sunday. You volunteered someplace. There was something regular. There was some regular routine that allowed you to build a relationship where you could build some trust. So Cornelius being a devout man, a man who was devoted to God, who fears God, who has the habit of being in prayer at prayer time on a regular basis is in prayer at the time that the, the angel comes to speak to him. So what does it mean? What, why, why am I keep harping on this? Because it's, in, it's not that the Lord can't speak to you anytime is that you can't hear him anytime. It's not that the Lord can't speak to you anytime. We're not open. You're too busy worrying about work. You're too busy worrying about dinner. You got a lot of stuff on your mind, but when you slow down and you have regular time, it's not that the Lord can't get a message to you. It's that he knows what she ain't really listening while she washing these dishes. She thinking about what she going to cook. She thinking about all this stuff. But in her regular time, if her dishwashing time was a time that she was open to hear from me because she do this regularly, her routine, she was habit stacking. Every time I wash dishes, I'm going to listen to the Bible app, the Dwell Bible app. Every time I do this, I'm going to do 
you know, something that I need to do. I'm going to talk to the Lord. I'm going to pray to the Lord every time. And then it's like, oh, okay, I know she's open to it. She's in a place where she can hear. He's in a place where he can hear on a regular basis. Right? So now that I'm in a place where I can hear on a regular basis, I've built up this relationship with him. When I hear a word from him, one, I can hear the word. Two, I trust him enough to obey. Cornelius obeys. Now I'm going to give you a spoiler because we're not going to go on through what happens. But I'm going to give you a spoiler. He and his entire household, they send for Peter. Peter comes. Um, by the time Peter gets there, he's got all his friends and his relatives that he's invited. And you know what? They get a word from Peter. Peter shares the word, gives a message to them. They hear the word. They accept salvation. They receive the gift of the Holy Spirit with evidence, evident with speaking in tongues and praising God. And then they get baptized and then they get mentored by Peter. How do I know they get mentored by Peter? Because at the end it says they ask Peter to stay for a little bit. So now I've come, I've come to know Christ. I've accepted it. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm out here speaking in tongues, praising the Lord. Don't got baptized. Don't go yet. Just wait with me. What are those things? I'm gonna, I'm gonna just it's how I know I keep recapping because I just want to because it's just regular, because it's short and it's just regular. Let me just give you a recap. I don't want you to miss the regularity of this. This is a less than regular dude. There's nothing super special about him inherently. He's just got some regular habits. He's just got a routine. He is praying um, all the time. You know, there are times set for prayer. He's praying all the time. He's giving regularly. He's got. He's in the habit of giving. Um, but all of that regularity leads to holiness for him and his entire household. Let me just, let's sit right here for just a second. He's doing these things. He's doing this work, right? He's doing these works of praying. He's doing these external things. He's praying. He's giving. But we know he hasn't accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior. How do we know that? One, he hasn't heard a word. Two, when Peter comes and he hears a word, then he doesn't. His works don't make him righteous. His works don't make him holy. His habits the habits in and of him of itself don't lead to his holiness, but the habits pave a way, right? The habits pave a way for him to holiness, not just for him, but for his entire household. Him being regular and having a routine paved the journey for him to level up, not just being a man who was devout to God, not just being a man who was praying, but a man who recognized that Jesus was the Messiah and accepted him as his Lord and Savior and decided to follow the way, the teaching of Jesus that Peter and the other apostles would be teaching, right? His routine paved the way to his righteousness, what, what we need to realize is that it's not about your background. It's not about where you come from. He's from the wrong side of the tracks. He was born into the wrong culture, according to the Jews of that day. He didn't even have enough sense to get circumcised and, and convert to Judaism. He didn't even convert. And at that time, the Jews didn't think that anybody could be Christian unless they were first Jewish. So, okay, you want to accept Jesus, but first you got to obey the covenant that we had, that Abraham had. So you got to get circumcised, you got to convert to Judaism, and then you can convert to being a Christian. 
He ain't even do that. I'm not saying that's the way the Lord set it up, but that's what they thought at the time. He didn't even do that. He was less than a regular dude. He just had regular schmegler habits. What you need to realize is that you're leveling up. You're, the next level of your spiritual growth, the next level of your financial growth is not contingent on your background. It's not about your position. It's not about the title that you have. It's not about how much money you got in the bank. It's not about your marital status. It's not about your relational status. It's not about the mistakes that you've made. It's got nothing to do with that. Let me tell you something. The key to your leveling up is in you just being regular. Devoutness requires regularity. I regularly follow what the Lord has said. I routinely, I religiously follow what the Lord is telling me to do. I believe that I need to be in the will and the way of God. And so everything I do day in and day out is in alignment with that. It's not about my background. It's not about my past. It's not about where I came from. It's not about my position right now today. It's not about my marital status. Where I am or where I was has nothing to do where God has taken me. What is going to get in between what God has taken me, the thing that's going to hold me up is me being irregular. I just got to be regular. I just got to be a regular person who is, who is devoted to God. I don't have to be the best person, the smartest person, the most successful person in the room. I just got to be a regular old person who is committed to God. I just need to do, I just need to give generously. The word of God says God loves a chill forgiver. That's it. I just need to give regularly. I don't have to give a hundred thousand dollars. I'm going to give $10 a week. I'm going to give $5 a week. I'm going to give $5,000 a year. I'm just going to give regularly. I'm going to set up my giving. So it's something I can do routinely. Something I don't even have to think about. I'm just making it a habit. I'm just going to do something regular because that is the key to my next level. I don't have to, you know, have these super long prayers. I don't even have to pray in tongues. I just need to have a habit of going to God in prayer. I need to pray continually. I need to pray regularly, not just when something goes wrong, not just when I need something, not just when I'm waiting on the Lord to do something. I need to do these things regularly. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? I just need to have a regular setup. I, when the hour of when the hour of prayer came, he was in the habit of praying, so he prayed. He was just he had a habit of praying and seeking God. That's what led to his supernatural encounter, which set him up for leveling up. Because what he was doing before was just good works. What he was doing before was just good works. That wasn't enough to get him into an eternal life with Christ. That wasn't enough for his eternity. That wasn't enough for him to be in a right relationship with God. He still needed to accept Christ. So while he was out there praying and he was out there giving, people were like, oh, well, I know the Lord. Yeah, but do you know Jesus? It wasn't enough. That supernatural encounter led him to righteousness, right standing with Christ because he accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior. I wonder, do your habits position you for holiness? I wonder, do your routines position you for righteousness? Are you in the routine of fasting? I wonder if, and this is the thing, if you're, if you don't have a regular prayer time, if you're not doing these things, just being regular, if you're not just out here being a regular Christian, coming to church every week, you're not just out here being regular, giving every week, you're not just out here being regular, tithing when you get paid, you're not just out here being regular, prayer time, you're not just out here being regular, daily Bible reading, then you need to get a routine. 
You don't need to worry about your background or where you at right now. You need to change your routine. If you don't have a habit of running to the Lord when you need something, when you have a good idea, when you have an opportunity, if you don't have a routine, if you don't have the habit of turning to the Lord first, right, then you're leveling up spiritually, mentally, financially, relationally. Is it going to happen? You got to get in the habit. It's not in the things that we do one time real big. It's in the things that we do regularly. Devote, in order to be devoted to God, that means that I have a habit of th doing things regularly. It means I have regular time in the word. It means I have regular worship time. It means I regularly am fasting. It means I'm regularly resting. It's not about your works, though. It's not about, oh, I'm doing these things so that I can have faith. It's because I have faith. It's because I know my next level is coming. It's because I know he didn't bring me far this far just to bring me this far. It's because I know I got some prayers and I believe that God is going to answer them. It's because of what I know to be true about God that I do these things. I know that if I meet with him, he will meet with me. I know that if I worship him, do you understand that he will be in the midst? I know that if if I keep my mind, if I build a habit of keeping my mind on the things of God, then I will have peace that surpasses all understanding. Then he will keep me in perfect peace. I know that if I create a lifestyle that is Christ-centered, then Christ's power will run through every area of my life. No area of my life will be missed. So I wonder about this. What do your habits say about you? What do your habits say you believe? It's not that I'm working for my faith. My faith is the thing that leads me to working. He says, the word of God, James, in the book of James says, like a soul without a body, so is faith without works. Dead. It ain't doing nothing. Ain't nothing regular about it. Just sitting there the whole time. Ain't nothing moving. Ain't nothing happening. Ain't nothing changing. It's what you do regularly that's going to lead you to an encounter that's going to allow you to level up. What do your habits say you believe? Do you have the habit of complaining? Do you have the habit of manipulation? Or do you have a habit of prayer and worship and praise? What is your routine? What do your habits look like? What do your habits show that you have faith in? Because our habits are revealing something. Maybe you're like Cornelius, right? And you have the routines, but you still need the relationship with Jesus right? Maybe you have the routines, right? Maybe you have the routines down, you come to church every week, you give in, you devote it, but you still don't know Jesus. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. It's, it's a simple prayer. Lord, I'm a sinner in need of a savior. I believe you sent your son, Jesus, to die for me and raised him from the dead so that I could have eternal life with you. Today, Lord, I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I am committed to following after him. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, listen, if you said it, you believe it, that settles it. And I want to be the first to welcome you to the family of God. Welcome, 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 welcome. So happy to have you. I want you to send an email at praise at boldfaithchurch.org. Uh, we want to 
gather with you, like Peter stayed with them to help them on their first, you know, few days, help them get settled, help them develop some new habits and routines. We want to do that with you, get some resources in your hand. So send us an email and someone from our care team will reach out to you. If you've decided that Bold Faith Community Church is your home church, we'd love to hear that. Um, You can send that to praise at boldfaithchurch.org as well. But y'all know this is not over. I want you to join us for this work session Still a little bit longer than I wanted this sermon to be, but I want you to join us for this work session because I'm going to do what I know how to do. And that is help you to develop a routine, right? To help you just be regular. So you can just be regular. You just be regular and you can have a supernatural encounter with Jesus so that you can start building a lifestyle that reflects your faith building a lifestyle that reflects your commitment to God. I want you to not only be devoted to God in your heart, I want you to be devoted to God in your habits. Let your habits also reflect it. Because the truth is, if you're devoted in heart but not in habits, how devoted can you be? But I'm done. I ain't messing with y'all no more. If this has blessed you and you want to help us share the gospel, the truth about Jesus to women all over the world, we can't do this without you. You can go to boldfaithchurch.org and give your tithes and offering. We thank you so much for your generosity. Be sure to subscribe to this channel if you haven't. Um, we're helping you to build some habits already. We do daily reading Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. So if you want to build the habit, if that's something that's a routine that you need to build, you want to build the habit of being in the word every day, join us at 7 a.m. EST. Subscribe. Maybe you're someplace where 7 a.m. EST is too early. You can catch the replays. Um, hit that subscribe button and turn on the notifications. All right. I love you guys. Be sure to join us over in the Zoom. Hit bit.ly slash Church and come and join us in that community. Cannot wait to see you. All right. See y'all in a minute. Listen, when you come now, bring your pen and your paper, bring your planner, maybe, even, okay? Just bring your stuff. It's a work session. All right, I love you. See you in a minute. If this episode has blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else so that you too can be a blessing. If you'd like to connect with us and help us to do the work that God has called us to do, you can give at boldfaithchurch.org. Be sure to connect with us on Instagram at boldfaithchurch and connect with me at Courage Molina. Thanks so much. Be sure to catch the next episode right here.